Happy Friday to you. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We have a packed show for you all today. John DeShazer and I will sit down with ESPN writer for the Arizona Cardinals, Josh Weinfuss. I'll also sit down with uh, Sheldon Rankins and Latavius Murray for our episode of Saints Sit Downs. And of course, we have Fantasy Football Friday with our own fantasy football analyst, Derek James. So let's go ahead and get into it. Now, Josh, obviously we're talking about the Cardinals coming in to play the Saints on Sunday in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. But the Cardinals started 0-3-1, have flipped it around, now 3-3-1. What's been the, the thing that has stood out the most during the win streak? Um, a few things. I mean, I, I think, you know, before anything else, we have to you know, kind of pump the brake a little bit because they have played and beat three pretty bad teams. You know, they played the Bengals. The Falcons and the Giants combined three and eighteen records, so that that's part of it. But I think you know the other part is the pass rush really has gotten going. Chandler Jones has kind of started to feel a rhythm, and the offense has really started to click. That's probably the biggest part of this. You know, coming in to this season, Cliff Kingsbury, first year head coach, coming out of college, part of the Air Raid family. We we, we didn't really know what to expect because he kept telling us his offense isn't the true Air Raid. It's not the Mike Leach version of the Air Raid. And then, and, and he's held true to that. You know, there's a big run game um, aspect of it. Um, you know, they've been able to kind of adapt and figure out things on the fly. And, you know, they, they change week to week. Um, Cliff Kingsbury showed a great um, ability to kind of adjust his play calling. And once they've, once they've been able to score early and hold a little bit of a lead, you can see that the offense really starts to pick up momentum. Kyler Murray's thinking a little bit quicker, calling – um, plays that he feels comfortable in instead of having to drop back and throw the ball 50 times a game like he did the first three or four weeks because they were trailing. So a combination of all that has led to a three-game winning streak. Um, and like I said, yeah, they beat bad teams, but they still beat them. So there's something to be said about that. Yeah, you got all you can do is beat who's on the schedule in front of you. Um, we've seen that over the years uh, for the Saints. I know offensively uh, they've taken better care of the ball and, and they've protected the quarterback better. I think only three sacks in the last three games. Uh, have you seen the offensive line improvement? We've seen a lot of that with the Saints during this five-game winning streak, and really that's been critical for them offensively has been the offensive line improvement. Has that been the same situation with Arizona? Partly. Um, you can tell the offensive line is starting to feel more comfortable in this offense. The one thing about the scheme, you know, they don't huddle. So they're, 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 they're up-tempo all the time. And they don't use a lot of, at least early on in the season, they weren't using a lot of tight ends to help block um, on the line. They're going, you know, 10 personnel, so four wide receivers. Um, and now that they've been running the ball, though, they, they've been adding a tight end here or there. And that's helped give Kyler Murray a little bit more protection. But the biggest reason why Kyler Murray hasn't been sacked as much recently as he was early in the season because he's making smarter decisions, right? He's not holding onto the ball as long. When he scrambles, he's not trying to make plays happen to the very last second. He realizes that there's a point where he needs to throw the ball away. So a combination of the offensive line getting better and then Kyler just improving, just realizing he doesn't have to be the hero every play. That if he, you know, if he can throw the ball away and survive from second and ten to third and ten, Instead of getting you know sacked for eight to ten, fifteen yard loss, and now you're facing third and twenty, I think that he's realizing that there's a benefit to that. 
You know, has he more closely resembled the guy that the that the Cardinals thought they were getting at the number one overall pick? And by that I mean this. You know, people are kind of always anxious to jump on the number one pick if he doesn't perform like lights out immediately. And obviously, that's going to be difficult to do for any rookie in the NFL. Um, but now, lately, as you mentioned, he's he's making his decisions quicker. He's making better decisions. Has he looked pretty much like the guy that the Cardinals thought they were getting? Uh, yeah, <laughs> wholeheartedly. <laughs> you know, even, even even early in the season when they went oh three and one, he looked like the guy that they um, that they thought they were getting. Just by you know his passing is just he has such great accuracy, right? I think we we've written about that a ton out here in Arizona. He's he has a great arm, which I think was known, but just his ability to throw a variety of different passes and be accurate with all of them um, has, has really been impressive. And then obviously, you know, he makes plays with, with his feet and he's picking and choosing where he runs the ball. He's not one of these dual threat quarterbacks that, that you know feels like he has to make a play with his feet all the time. He would much rather sit back there, maybe scramble a little bit, and then throw a pass compared to just tucking it and going. So um, he's shown, you know, his, his skill set has obviously been what the Cardinals thought. The decision-making has improved. Um, and it all comes down to the fact that he's playing in a system that he's been running since the eighth grade. His high school coach in Texas actually went, or his first high school coach, I should say, went to Texas Tech and went to a clinic with uh, Cliff Kingsbury and learned the scheme, brought it back, and installed it when Murray was in eighth grade. So he's literally been running Cliff Kingsbury's version of this since he was about, what, 14? So that, all of that you know, combined leads to you know, uh, an advanced, um, understanding, advanced ability, just just a firm grasp on what he's doing. You know, is Kyler Murray when he you know hits the lottery or lottery and, and backs up the Brinks truck for his contract negotiations? Is he, is he going to give a little uh, something to Drew Brees, who kind of made it you know vogue for the short quarterback to be okay in the NFL now? He's going to give a little Drew. He's going <laughs> to give a little bit to Russell Wilson. You know, there's a few guys out there. I mean, it's funny because we talked to to Kyler about. Drew Brees uh, this week, and he said, you know, he, he knew about him, but because of that age gap, yeah. I think because he went to Purdue, yeah. he didn't really grow up learning about him a ton. I, I think if Drew had stayed in state, it would have been completely different, but um, yeah, I mean, he's one of the guys that Kyler Murray watched growing up a lot. Basically, he watched a lot of uh, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson simply because of the, their size, you know, and how to learn how to play quarterback at that at that level, being that small, so he can—he's been able to take quite a bit from what Drew Brees has done over his career and implement just what he's been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I, I got to ask you about this. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, who is older than Salt, uh, still keeps doing it and doing it well. Um, how critical has he been to the offense? Because he's—he's he's had to learn quite a few offensive offenses over the years, but he remains productive even as he advances in years. I think a lot of that comes down to just him, right? I mean, he's a Hall of Fame receiver. He's widely considered the second-best receiver of all time. So I think that is a large part of that, is that he has the skill set to just kind of adapt to any system he's in, to any quarterback he plays with. Um, and then, you know, just obviously years of experience. He's been able to help Kyler Murray a ton. Um, and that's not to say that Kyler hasn't helped him. There, there's a great story that when, um, when the veterans reported for OTAs, it was Kyler teaching the offense to Larry instead of vice versa because he's been in it for so long. So there's, there, there's, there's definitely some back and forth, but Larry has taken Kyler under his wing. He's kind of taught him the X's and O's, 
um, the ins and outs of being a professional football player. So there's more to what Larry's impact this year has been than just on the field. But on the field, you know, he's he's still playing the spot mostly. Um, he's been basically a, a really important safety valve for Kyler Murray. When, when things break down or when Kyler needs a quick safe play, he goes to Larry Fitz because he's going to make the play. And if he doesn't make the play, he's probably going to draw a penalty. And if he doesn't, then he has a rare, you know, incompletion. So the, he's always a safe bet for for a young kid like Kyler Murray. You know, we watch him from afar. Is he is he as good as he seems to be? I mean, not not on the field, well, on the field too, but off the field, he just seems to be, I don't want to say, you, you hate to call anybody perfect, but I mean, he seems to be such a good guy all around. Yeah, you know, on, on the field, I think he's better than people think he is. You know, especially playing with, I think he's on his 21st quarterback in 16 seasons. My goodness. That's crazy. Um, but, you know, you you hear stories about the plays he makes in practice, still like one-handed catches that nobody expected to make. Even Cliff Kingsbury, who's played with guys like Tom Brady, um, he's been impressed by by what Larry's been doing. Um, and then, yeah, off the field, you know, he does so much around the community. He's become really important to, to the people of Arizona, whether it's his, through his foundation or just kind of his charitable work, all sorts of stuff. Um, he's, he's really kind of established himself. You know, if you made a – uh, Mount Rushmore of Arizona athletes. He would he he would be among the four for sure. Yeah, it's got to be. Hey, you guys also have Terrell Suggs on that defense. Uh, how how was Sizzle worked out? He's actually, you know what? He looks um, very good. You know, I I I don't know what people expected because like like Larry, um, I think people expected him to come in here and kind of be a spot down um, linebacker, but he's been playing pretty regularly and he gives. I think what what he does the most is he gives the Cardinals a fantastic um, option, pass rushing option opposite of Chandler Jones, right? So if an offensive line wants to try to double Chandler on one side, well, they got they have to deal with Suggs on the other. And Suggs, you know, he's he's been playing great this year. He's he's had you know, he has a few sacks, um, but I think mostly he's been just a great leader in the locker room to these young kids. And he's been helping a guy like Chandler Jones, who you don't think needs to help, but you know, he's been able to teach him a couple things here and there. I think, you know, anytime Chiana Jones can get better, that's a pretty d- dangerous prospect. But, um, yeah, Starks has just been great all around for this team. Josh, at the beginning of the week, we heard that Drew Brees was back to limited practice. Um, obviously, none of us know if he or Teddy Bridgewater will be playing, but has Cliff Kingsbury said anything about how he's approaching this week, if he has to prepare for both quarterbacks or if he's leaning more towards one? Because obviously, no one knows at this point which quarterback's going to show up on the field. Right, yeah. I know. Well, everything he said is that they're just preparing for both. Um, you know, it sounds like Drew is going to least make his case to play from everything that's, that's out there. So I think that they've been trying to follow that pretty quickly. But, um, you know, the one thing that everyone has said is that we, whether it's Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater, both of them have been playing at such a high level this season that they don't expect there to be that much of a drop-off offensively between the two. So it, it does not sound like they're preparing um, for one over the other. I think they're just preparing for the scheme as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to at this point because, as I said, no one really knows what to expect and who's going to show up on that field uh, in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on, on Sunday. Uh, Josh, we appreciate you you sticking with us and talking to us. When do you get into town for the game, or, or are you traveling? Yeah, I will be there Saturday around noon, and I uh, hopefully will be able to enjoy as much of New Orleans as possible. Yeah, have you been here before? 
I have. I've been there a few times. Uh, I've covered some basketball, some college basketball, um, and some of the NFL games. So I'm pretty uh, excited to hit some old spots. Yeah, do you have a, a few favorite restaurants that you like to hit every time you come? Or Bourbon yeah, Street, maybe? Um, I think, yeah, yeah I, you know, I think anytime someone goes, you have to just walk down Bourbon once just right. to say you did it, right? right. Whether you, you hop into a, you know, Pat O'Brien's or you grab a hand grenade. Um, but just to walk down it just once, I think it will be um, something I'll do. And then, you know, just maybe just grab, you know, obviously you go to Cafe Du Monde. It's kind of cliche and touristy, but how do you not go every time you visit? So that's probably the two things I will for sure do. And then kind of, I might change it up a little bit this this, uh, this trip and, and try some new restaurants. Uh, never pass up a beignet. That's kind of my motto on life. Josh, we appreciate you speaking with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Great. Me too. Thanks, guys. Great insight from Josh. We look forward to seeing him in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome at noon for the Saints game against the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's go ahead and get into our Saints sit-downs with Sheldon Rankins and Latavius Murray. Saints sit-downs with Sheldon Rankins. Today we do would-you-rather questions. You can only pass on one. All right, Sheldon, would you rather lose the ability to read or the ability to speak? The ability to speak. I'm a quiet person anyway. <laughs> would you rather have all traffic lights you approach turn green or never have to stand in line again? I got a heavy foot. I need all green lights. <laughs> would you rather be a master of every musical instrument or be fluent in every language? Musical instrument, definitely. Really? Huge, huge, huge fan of music. Huge fan of music. What musical instrument do you want to learn the most? Piano. For sure, for sure. I'm a huge jazz guy. If I go, I'm gonna go piano than saxophone. You haven't asked Tamario Davis to teach you how to play piano? No. The crazy thing is, my mom's been playing piano since she was 10 years old, and I've just, you know, I was that kid that always wanted to be outside, and now I condemn her every time I see her. Like, you should have sat me down and made me do it. Like, come well, on. That's, I think it's part of the job. Like, yeah, but I also think you playing outside kind of benefited. I mean, I mean you're in the it NFL. Out. It worked out. So. It worked out. But I just needed her to do a little something extra. Come on, sit me down in 30 minutes a day. That's all I needed growing up. I'm a quick learner. I don't know if they may uh, tuxedo tails your size there. Man, listen, we would have figured it out. We would have figured it out. It's not too late, though, you know, one, one, one day, one day. Would you rather be bald forever or be cursed to have terrible haircuts? Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with the baldy as long as I can keep the beard. You know, as long as I can keep the beard, I'm going to rock the baldy. You know, Ross holding it down for all the, for all the big dudes with the, with the bald head. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm going to go that way. I'm gonna go that way. All right, would you rather sweat peanut butter or salivate mayonnaise? Sweat peanut butter or salivate mayonnaise? I despise mayonnaise, so I'm going to just take peanut butter off, off, off the strength of peanut butter. All right, last question. Would you rather have more time or more money? Uh, more time, because then I can find a way to make all the money. All right, appreciate you, Sheldon. Latavius Murray here for Saint Sit Downs. On today's episode, we're going to be doing Would You Rather questions. All right, so I have 11 Would You Rather questions. You can only pass once. Got it? All right. All right. Would you rather lose the ability to read or the ability to speak? The ability to speak. Okay. Would you rather have all traffic lights you approach turn green or never have to stand in line again? That's tough. All traffic light turn green. You like standing in line? You don't mind standing in line? I don't mind. All right. Would you rather be a master of every musical instrument or be fluent in every language? Be fluent in every language. What's the language that you wish you knew right now? Uh, Spanish, just because it's you know the world's second you know most prominent language, probably. Would you rather go bald or be forever cursed to have terrible haircuts? I think I'll be cursed with both at some point here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, I can do a terrible haircut. I, I prefer not to lose my hair right now. What about like down the road? It's gonna, it's bound to happen. But even then, I probably be that guy holding on to like three three strings of hair. Are you gonna do like the Freddie Mac, where you're just gonna wear a hat every day when you go bald? Depending on how I look. If I'm not feeling it, it's, it's a hat going on for sure. All right, would you rather sweat peanut butter or salivate mayonnaise? What the heck? Um, uh, I'd probably just rather sweat mayonnaise rather than... that's oh, like Salivate mayonnaise. So like the spit that you have is mayonnaise, exactly. but you're sweating pe- or sweat peanut butter. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want like my spit to be mayonnaise, so I'd just rather have sweat some peanut, peanut butter. butter coming down my face. That's gross. Okay. Would you rather save the life of someone that you're close to or five strangers? Gonna tell me a lot about who you are right now. No, I think I wish I, if I could say the life, of, you know, people close to me. Obviously, it's just one person, one over five. Uh, one over five. Oh, definitely five. Yeah. So five strangers over someone you love. Five strangers over someone I love. Dang, I mean, you're saving five people though, and I would think somebody that I love understand that. What about if it was your mom? If it's my mom, nah, it's it's over then. All right, would you rather have more time or more money? More time. With time comes money. Ooh, interesting. I like that spin. Spin zone. Would you rather be without internet or without your phone for a week? Without internet. Would you rather read an awesome movie or an awesome book? You can read a movie. I mean, sorry, I switched those up. Would you rather watch an awesome movie or read an awesome book? Probably watch a movie. Just not, not much of a book guy. I mean, I am, but it just it takes longer. So some, you know, I, I do both though. But I rather watch a movie if it's. What's your top book and what's your top movie right now? Top book, probably Shoe Dog. By Phil Knight, yeah. And then, uh, and top movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I thought The Joker was real good. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard a lot of people that would argue that point. Why did you think it was so good? Yeah, a lot of people are arguing it because it was real. And, you know, when, when you start showing them the real, the real, you know, people don't like that. So it, it pertains to a lot that's going on today. So I thought it was real good because it's real. All right, other than The Joker, favorite movie? Favorite movie? That's tough. That's tough. I don't know. Uh, One movie to watch on rerun for the rest of your life. Scarface got to be up there. Scarface got to be up there. Uh, life up there. Um, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe when Avatar came out, I really messed with that too. Like, I thought that was, that was it. All right. Would you rather have a cook or a maid? A cook. I can clean, but cook. You can't cook? I can cook a little bit too, but... Give me a cook that I and when I know it's gonna be, you know, the sh- the sh- yeah, exactly. That's it. Yep. All right, I appreciate you. you. Want to answer any other questions? What you got? Some other ones? No, I don't have any other ones right now. Appreciate you. Thank you. Always great hearing from those guys. Let's do our fantasy football Friday. You waited for it, and it's finally here. Here's our fantasy football Friday with Derek James. Derek. We said it last week that you had a great uh, great week the, the week before, and now you said it was going to come full circle, and it has, and you didn't do so well this week. Yeah, <laughs> it always happens that way. I, I, it's, uh, it's just part of the game. Right. If you have a great week, 
the fall, at some point, the law of averages is going to catch up with you. Not to brag on myself, but last year, I think I got last place in fantasy football, and this year I'm 6-1, and one, a lot nice. of it due to you. See? So See? It's helping out. <laughs> um, so last week, of course, you uh, suggested that people play Latavius Murray, obviously, because we didn't know if Alan Kamara was going to come out last week, and he didn't. He didn't play last week, but Latavius Murray did, and he did pretty well for, for fantasy owners. Yeah, he, he had a great game last week. Uh, he had – 119 yards, two touchdowns against the Bears defense. Um, they were kind of middle of the pack run defense, um, and I think that, that that played a significant role in the way uh, Murray was able to have success last week. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, on the practice report, or injury report, excuse me, this week, Alvin Kamara has come back to practice as well as Drew Brees. Do you risk it? Because obviously nobody knows who's going to show up on the Superdome to the Superdome on Sunday and play. So you don't want to speculate if Teddy's going to play, if Drew's going to mm -hmm. play, and then obviously if, if Sean Payton wants to sit Alvin Kamara to kind of give him another week of rest, right? So what would your kind of suggestions be if people have uh, those Saints players on their roster? I would I would tend to stay away from them from, from a fantasy perspective. Okay. Um, obviously, we still have another injury report that's going to come out later this afternoon. Yep. Let's see if Alvin Kamara or, and or Drew Brees puts in a full practice. And my answer to that may change. But right now, I will probably stay away from those two players and, and look elsewhere. Okay. And and going into this week, uh, obviously, there are some sleepers, which you've been kind of accurate on the last few weeks. So who are your sleepers going into this week of fantasy? Yeah, one guy that I like this week, um, especially if you're a Drew Brees owner, um, is Ryan Tannehill with the ten uh, Tennessee Titans. Okay. Right now he's only 20% owned in fantasy leagues. He's going against the Tampa Bay defense, which is ranked 32nd in the NFL. Uh, and what else – the other thing I like about Tannehill is he's a former receiver. He's not a guy that's afraid to tuck the ball and run it. So you might get a few rushing yards out of him. Uh, and last week he put up 300 yards and two touchdowns against the Chargers. So – he, he could be a guy to keep your eye on this week going against a bad Tampa Bay defense. What about any other sleepers you have for us? Yeah, at running back, I like Daryl Henderson, the Rams running back. He's going against the Cincinnati Bengals defense out mm -hmm. in London this week. They are ranked number 32 in the NFL in rush defense. I mean, they are giving up the most fantasy football points to running backs this year. Todd Gurley's been a player. Uh, obviously, he's their starting running back. He is only getting about 60% of the snaps. So, right now, the Rams, I believe, are a two-touchdown favorite. So, that could become a blowout situation. Darrell Henderson could get a lot of second-half work and be a, a, a big big player for them this week. There, are, I don't know about you, but there are always some NFL teams, even on the NBA side, that I kind of – you kind of forget about like when someone brings him brings them up you're like oh yeah I forgot that was a team the <laughs> Bengals is definitely one of those teams for me I'm like yes. oh yeah I forgot the yeah that, there's a, a reason team. for that they're 0 and 7 right uh, um and and who are you sitting this week if you're a fantasy owner who who are some people that kind of have not sparked your interest going into this week uh one guy that I don't don't like this week is Alshon Jeffrey he's the uh the Eagles receiver going against Buffalo their pass defense has been phenomenal this year and he has a very tough matchup going against uh, LSU kid uh, Tredavious White. So mm -hmm. he, Tredavious has been a shutdown corner for them. So that could be a tough matchup for Alshon. Another guy, another guy that I, I don't like, and this might uh, this might surprise a lot of people, <laughs> is Tom Brady. Um, he is going against the Browns, which not a tough matchup. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the weather report, there's about a 60% chance of rain in that game. Could be a possible blowout. They're another double-digit. Uh, favorite going against the Browns mm -hmm. um, and it could be another game like last week against the Jets where 
you're, they're not going to be asking Brady to throw the ball a whole lot because they're playing with a lead for most of the game. So right. if you have Tom Brady in your lineup, it would be a bold move, but consider sitting him this week for, for someone else if well, you pick him up. A lot of factors going into fantasy this week. Obviously, you've talked about fantasy uh, in the past, and it's something that you kind of keep an eye out of things ahead of time. So you kind of try to foresee things that are going to happen. Is there anything going on this week that you're trying to foresee going into next week or the week after even? Absolutely. So team defenses is something that I pay close attention to future weeks. So a lot of times what happens in fantasy football is everybody rushes to the waiver wire to pick up the defense for that upcoming weekend. But if you look a week ahead of that, you could go ahead and just get, add them to your lineup during a week and kind of goes unnoticed. But uh, one defense that falls in that category is the Jets. So next week, November 3rd, they play against the Miami Dolphins offense, which has been a, a charity this year in fantasy right. perspectives. <laughs> um, and then two weeks later, they're playing against the Washington Redskins offense on November 17th. So you could be a, a smart player right now and go and grab a Jets defense that I believe is 10% owned in Yahoo Fantasy Leagues that I, that I, last I checked. So be, be, be smart, be cognizant of future matchups when it comes to defense. Another player that I like for future purposes is Kareem Hunt out of Cleveland. So he's a former league rushing champ. He comes back from suspension. His first game back is going to be on November 10th, so he might be worth the stash. He could be a possible flex option down the line for you. So always pay attention, especially this time of year, two or three weeks ahead. That could help you if you have the roster space available. Absolutely. All right, another great uh, week of insight from our fantasy football analyst, Derek James. Derek, we appreciate you. Thanks a lot. All right, today's show was presented by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. But with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell on transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners, yes, that's you, will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We hope to see you in the Superdome as the Saints take on the Arizona Cardinals at noon on Sunday. If you're not going to the game, you can watch the game on CBS or, of course, listen in on WWL 870 AM with Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister. But, of course, we hope to see you down there at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome bright and early. We have a noon kickoff. We need you to be there. We need you to be loud. It's going to be an exciting time, and we'll kick things off before the bye week. All right, thanks for joining us on today's show. We'll tune in next week.